Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up? Hey David, welcome back. Missed you last week. Thanks, yeah, it was, it's good to be back. Had a little week off last week uh, in time to uh, gear up for this this last little stretch of, of the Marlin season, basically, for me before I, uh, I check back out and, and dive into football. And um, I guess we, we had a little bit of a way to go till heat season, but um, it was good, good to get a little break uh, in the middle of the summer. Um, how was it without me last week? Uh, it, you know, it was a it was a tough show because usually we're pretty, you know, all about having fun here, and you know, it was obviously a heavy show with with the Surfside news, and we had Steve Stowe on to kind of discuss the Heat's efforts. Um, again, support Surfside uh, is the is the organization that you can donate to to kind of help the Heat's cause and helping those affected by by what's going on in Surfside. So it was, you know, we t- we touched on the Olympics. Tim Reynolds came on, um, but we also uh, got pretty serious, you know, with the, just the tragedy in Surfside. Yeah, and obviously that's still kind of an ongoing story. Yeah. And it seems like it'll be ongoing basically for, well, obviously, you know, it's going to have long, obviously, reaching implications, but um, we're, we're not near the end of this, it, it doesn't seem like. Um, on a lighter note, um, you want to talk about the NBA Finals? Because I didn't see any of the game last night because I was covering the Marlins in the game, what, like four and a half hours, and I missed the entire basketball game. But uh, it seems like Chris Paul is uh, he's on a mission. Yeah, it's funny. We have two people who didn't watch the entire game talking about the game, so that's that, that makes for great. <laughs> Let's make it quick, then, maybe. <laughs> I was on and off because the well, we'll get to it later. But a few of the Heat guys that are on Team USA um, and the select team spoke last night around right. like eight nine o'clock. So I was busy working on that. But yeah, I mean, it was kind of what you expected, I guess. You know, just. With the fact that Phoenix is playing at home, I, I think Phoenix has been the more complete team this postseason, especially with Giannis. You know, his availability was questionable. He did play, which, I mean, one of my biggest takeaways from last night's game or, you know, Tuesday's game was the fact that Giannis looked so much better than I thought he would. Yeah. Like, he was really active. And, yeah, he probably was on obviously 100%. But, he, I mean, he was going – he had a chase down block um, in game one. A really impressive chase on Black that reminds you of like the LeBron on Iggy one that he had in the finals yeah, uh, a few years ago. Like you know, it, for a guy that you know a week or two ago we thought maybe his season was over and he would maybe have to miss an entire year to do that um, was encouraging. I think for NBA fans because you know obviously want to see Giannis miss that much time and also the Bucks. I mean, with Giannis close to healthy, like they have a shot, obviously. Definitely. Uh, so I yeah. think. You know, they lost game one, but it was definitely encouraging that the Giannis looked effective. Um, it's gonna That's obviously a game-changer for the series. Yeah, I kind of don't even want to, like, talk too much about the game game one because, uh, well, as you said, neither of us really uh, watched a whole lot of it. But uh, also, it's game one. The Suns won at home. Like, it's supposed to happen. We it, This happens in literally every series where the – the home team is, you know, gets a pretty convincing game one win or game two win, and all of a sudden we're like, up, oh, they're in control. Yeah. This is clearly they're going to win, but they're supposed to be up 2-0 uh, by the end of this week when when we head back to Milwaukee. So um, I, I just kind of don't think there's a whole lot of uh, reason to, to overreact too much, especially because, as you noted, like, Giannis, I know he 
what he's finished with, 20 and 17, but, like, he's been averaging, like, 30 and, and 14 or something. Like, he's going to keep getting better, probably, it, it, assuming, um, you know, the 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 knee is okay and, and not something that's just, like, going to, like, have him permanently at, at 80% the rest of the way. Like, in theory, he's going to be even better than he was uh, last night. And, and as you said, he was, he was pretty good as it is. And to, to your point about game one kind of being – not meaningless, but just shows you how we overreact to this stuff. The Bucks lost game one in the past two series, and they yeah, obviously are in the right. NBA Finals. They lost to the Hawks in game one in Milwaukee. They lost to the Nets in Brooklyn you know, to open that series. So still a long way to go. And, again, I just think the most encouraging thing, obviously, for probably either team in that series is the fact that Giannis is, uh, looked pretty healthy when we didn't even know right. if he was going to play in the series. So that's a good thing for Milwaukee. Uh, can we talk a little bit, we don't have this on the outline, but can we talk a little bit about, uh, DeAndre Ayton, who's, like, incredible? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, it's it's funny, too, because I think the first few years of his career, the book was, like, does he care? You know, is he serious enough about basketball? And then you have Chris Paul yesterday say, like, after the game, that he's, like, the best guy with the biggest heart, and he's so happy for, like, the success he's having. It's, like, so funny how the narrative changes, know. you know, so quickly when, when a team wins. And, I mean, his talent is undeniable. He's yeah. extremely skilled. I think he started the game out on on Giannis. Like, I thought they were going to put Jay on him. And I, they did put Jay in spots on, on Giannis, obviously. But they were using Aiden to guard Giannis. And he's athletic and mobile enough to, to do it. Um, and he really took advantage of... I mean, just him and Chris Paul in the pick and roll, or Devin Booker and Aiton in the pick and roll, um, with Milwaukee switching everything, like putting Brooke Lopez and switching him on Chris Paul, and then having you know Drew Holiday guard Aiton in the post. Uh, Aiton Aiton ate him, ate him alive all game. So um, Milwaukee will yeah. obviously have to make an adjustment, but you know him, that just that pick and roll is deadly with him and Chris Paul or him and Booker, just because they're both guys. You know, Aiton is such a, a good big rolling to the basket and obviously Booker and Chris Paul are affected from ev- everywhere on the court. So um, it was, it was clear what Phoenix was trying to do with those guys. Yeah. It's something we talked about. I think two weeks, last time I was on here. So like two weeks ago um, that I think the enduring lesson of this, this playoffs. And I think some people are going to try to say, Oh, it's injuries. Like it's, it's, you can't take anything away from it. But the enduring lesson of this playoff is like, let's not make, career judgments on guys before they turn like 24 years old because that is exactly what people did with Devin Booker, Trey Young, and, and DeAndre Ayton and they have probably been like three of the five, six, seven best players uh, in these playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's a very good point. Um, it, it's Look, it only takes one guy to change a team and for Atlanta it really wasn't even one guy it was just like them growing up like it was pretty yeah, much the right, same exactly. four. Like that, that's what it is. It's like yeah. We, we make these judgments on these guys, right. and, and Trey and, and Aiton were really unfairly compared to Luka Doncic for the first couple of years of their career when everyone knew that Luka had played, what, a couple of years, three, four years professionally overseas? Like, obviously, he was going to come in and be the most NBA-ready of all yeah. those guys. We and, knew and, that. Like, it's not surprising that DeAndre Aiton's awesome now. He was the number one pick. He averaged, like, 20 and 12 in, in college at Arizona and shot, like, 40% from three. He was an incredible player. Yeah, he was a, yeah, he was a top pick, and, and then you give him a point guard like Chris Paul, and, and obviously Aiden's improvement, and this is the result, you know. So, um, but I, it is like we've touched on this a few weeks ago, I think, when we discussed kind of like the slim margin of error in the NBA playoffs. Like things could be the narrative would be so different. Oh my god, yeah. If Atlanta would have finished 
in sixth place, which I think they were like either tied with the Heat or one game difference. Like it was a one game difference. They were right there. Um, and they would have faced Milwaukee in the first round. Then they would have lost Milwaukee in the first round. The narrative with Trey would have been the same thing. Can he, can he, can he play, can he win in the playoffs? Is he a winner? Um, but instead, you know, they got a good draw with New York and then they got Philly and they upset Philly, um, which is, you know, obviously Philly's a mess. Um, and they get to the East Conference finals and the narrative changes. So, it's just funny how like the situation like just has to be right. Like there's so many things have to go right. Um, but uh, we make such drastic judgments on these guys when one little thing changes and like the narrative completely flips, like you said. Yeah. So I think that's important to keep in mind when we're discussing even heat guys like Bam. Out of I was going to say, we're going to talk about Tyler guys. here a little yeah. later, but he is like probably the, the closest thing we have to like a heat comparison for this, where it's like, yeah, he wasn't great as a uh, you know twenty one year old this year, but he's uh, he's like still seven years away from his prime or something like that. Like he's he's got to get better, yeah. or something has gone horribly wrong, basically. Right, he's twenty one. Um, Calm yeah. down, everybody. Exactly. Um, Jay Crowder only had one point last night, um, which uh, kind of puts the damper on this topic we were going to talk about. With did the Heat make a mistake by letting him go? Obviously, it's been kind of a running uh, theme, I think, from. Uh, watching this Suns run. Um, he did, however, lead the Suns in a plus-minus last night, a plus-19, despite going 0 for 8 from the field and not having a single assist. Um, but that's kind of what Jay Crowder does, right? Like winner. Vintage yeah. Jay Crowder winner performance. Yeah. I, I think he, and he's actually led the Suns in plus-minus in the entire playoffs. He, he, he entered the finals leading them in <laughs> plus-minus. So he's just, yeah, I mean, that's just what he does. Like, Played 33 minutes, 33 solid minutes. Didn't make a shot, like you said, over eight. Over but five was, and three. But he was there and cr- he was playing in crunch time because what he brings defensively, his rebound. No and fear. Bounce. Yeah, and and I mean, obviously, the, I mean, it's it's easy to say in hindsight, but yeah, the, he did make a mistake. I mean, they obviously could have used Jay. I don't know if they would have been to the finals if they would have signed Jay Crowder. I don't know if that was a difference. It probably was not. But yeah, they, they probably still didn't even get out of the first round with Jay Crowder. But um, right. But it's yeah, it, they obviously would have been better throughout the season. With yeah, the, maybe they get the four seed instead yeah. and beat the Knicks or whatever. So right, I mean they they needed that. They were looking for that type of player all season. They got close to that when they when they traded for Trevor late in the year in March. But you know Trevor wasn't Jake Crowder he, defensively. You saw it against Giannis. Like he just didn't have the strength. He didn't have the body to 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 really defend Giannis like Jay did last year. So they definitely missed Jay. But hey, that. That's that's the past. Like, I, the Heat has moved on, and Jay has moved on. You talked to him the other day, right? Ahead of the finals. Um, I did not talk to him, but he did speak for Finals Media Day, and I uh, used I wrote a story on him right. two days ago, and using quotes when we spoke with him in March when they came to uh, Miami to face the Heat. Oh, right. Just yes. him talking, giving background and kind of the decision of him leaving for Miami. He, he wanted to stay in Miami, like that was his goal. He he lives down here. His yeah. dad lives in Fort Myers. Like, he wanted to be close to his dad. He likes it down here. Um, but in the end, like, the Heat wanted, didn't want to give more than one year of guaranteed money. And Jay even said in March, like, I gave the Heat a night to sleep on it. Like, I wanted them to change their mind, but they, they stuck to their guns. They didn't want to, they didn't want to, you know, give up future flexibility um, and give me multiple years. Looking back at it, probably wasn't the right decision, only because, in hindsight, again, the free agency class this year isn't as good as people once thought, you know, a lot of guys like Giannis had an extension, LeBron, obviously, 
um, signed extension, Paul George. Like a lot of guys are off the table that you thought would be available in free agency this yeah. year. Kind of every everything that went wrong for this Heat season in a lot of ways comes back to that, basically, right? The idea yeah. that they're going to wait for Giannis or, or someone, and, and it's just not coming to fruition, and and the Heat basically running out of time to to pivot off of that before the season began. Yeah, and, and the fact that, like, weeks later after the Jay decision, they signed Bam to the extension, which was the right decision. I know Bam wanted that, and you have to give it to him. But that ex- that max extension um, – it, it, it's, it doesn't allow them to have max space this year anyway. So it's right. like they probably just should have signed Jade to a two-year deal, find a middle ground, and, and been done with it. But, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So um, at that point, they still were hoping that um, 2021 would be a big summer for them. Right. Um, let's wrap up with the most important topic from the finals game last night, and that is Bam and Jimmy's appearance in a Jungle Cruise commercial. Um, a movie that I just like kind of became aware of this week. I guess The Rock is in it. I think it's based on a Disney World ride, if I uh, if my information is correct. Yes. Um, it's pretty uh, kind of random. You've <laughs> never, you've never. Like, well, how did these guys lined up in this commercial? But you've never been on that ride, David. Um, I, I don't think I haven't been to Disney World in like. 10 years at least, probably. So if I have, I, I don't remember it. It's an old ride. You might have been. It's been there for a long time. Yeah, I know, I know. I think it's based off, I thought it was based off the Jungle Book. I might be wrong, but. Um, I guess the Jungle not. Cruise ride. But I guess not. Um, I thought it was for all this time, but I, I guess I was wrong. Uh, yeah, it was random. I did not expect to see that. I was like, just, I was actually was on the phone and with the, with the game on the background, and then that commercial comes on. I'm like, huh? Wait. And I like said, I, I'll talk to you later. I need to see this commercial. <laughs> they were like, huh? They didn't get. They didn't understand what I was doing, but uh, it was definitely something I did not expect. It was funny. Um, pretty good acting from Bam and Jimmy. I'll give them that. Like that was it's not uh, a surprise. I don't think. Yeah, not a surprise. And I definitely, actors. I definitely would watch a buddy cop movie with those two. Yeah. Should we make and, like a bad boys spinoff with them as like basketball playing cops in Miami? I would watch it. They'd have my money, and also. There are going to be so many memes from that commercial. Like at the end, when when Jimmy goes, "That this is on you, Bam," and then and then Bam's like, "On me? What? Like that's going to be a meme. Whenever something goes wrong for the Heat this upcoming season, like that's going to be the meme that everyone puts on Twitter." Yeah, definitely. Um, and the it's kind of like it was pretty random that Dwayne Wade was like the 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 villain of the of the. Cruz also, right? Isn't that what they say at the beginning? Like, what did Dwayne book? Or is he talking about Dwayne the Rock Johnson? That's unclear to me. Huh, that's true. I thought it, I assumed it was Dwayne Wade, but now that you say yeah. that, I guess it, it could, could be been. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who they is probably the star, should have of course, that. of Jungle Cruise. Yeah, they probably should have specified that because there's a lot of room for confusion there. But yeah, I thought it was Dwayne Wade, and my first thought was like, does Dwayne even know that he's like involved in this commercial? I like, I feel like he probably is like watching the commercial, like, huh? What? He's talking about me? <laughs> Like, but yeah, I guess it could be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That would make sense. Yeah. Either way, that character, uh, either Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Dwayne Wade, or an unnamed Dwayne, I suppose, is the villain of that commercial. Then, which uh, I didn't expect either. Um. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, we will come back and uh, do some Olympic talk and uh, our whale of the week. All right, uh, we are back. Uh, as you mentioned at the top, um, Olympic, you, you talked with some of the guys from the Olympic select team, Tyler Hero, Eric Spolstra, uh, are all involved with basically the team that 
uh, Team USA will practice against as they get ready for the Olympics later this month. Um, what, what have been the biggest takeaways you think so far of, of talking to those guys? Plus, I guess you talked to Bam uh, over the weekend, right, as he uh, is, is joining Team USA, obviously, this summer in Tokyo. Um, Bam still thinks he should have been on the team in 2019. Don't he's made them. that very clear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's been asked about it a few times, and he's, you know, he's he's obviously thankful for the opportunity, and I think he's moved past it, I guess, in a way, but he, he, he's, he, he's said multiple times, like, I still feel like I should have been on that team, and he probably should have. Um, I think Mason Plumley and, like, Brooke Lopez were picked over him and Miles Turner, which are three solid bigs, but I think most people would say Bam is better than those guys. Um, so, he, you know, he's, he's talked about that as motivation and kind of he wants to show that he's, you know, he still has that chip of, like, kind of showing that he belongs at, at on this stage. Um, and then he's also been asked about recruiting, uh, while while Team USA and recruiting, you know, teammates, whether it be, you know, I don't know, Bradley Beal, I know it's a popular name, Damian Lillard, there's, you know, those are some names that are teammates of his on, on Team USA. Um, and he and he said he hasn't ruled it out. Like he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe. Like I'm gonna be with these guys, so who knows what's gonna happen? Like I'm not gonna try to do it, but if they ask me about what it's like to play for the Heat, you know, I'm gonna be honest. So. It is a real thing, you know. Like I think that goes on. It's like just human nature. Like you're around guys for a full month, traveling and on bus rides and in hotels and practices and just you know breakfast meals, like just different things like that. Like th- that's gonna come up. So um, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of this um, for Bam in the Heat. And you know, this is a good. This is obviously a good uh, experience for Bam. And I think he knows that. Spo has said that you know a couple times when he's been asked about. Bam and, and Team USA, like that, he thinks is the perfect kind of thing for Bam this summer at this point in his career. And I don't disagree. Again, he's 23 years old. Like this is, you know, off-season training and you know working on the Heat's facility is one thing, but for competing competing for a gold medal around some of the NBA's best players, like you, you can't you can't replicate that. So I think this is all this is all good good things for Bam. Yeah, not a. Uh, I agree with that. Entirely. Um, and I think the same in a lot of ways, maybe not the best thing, because I guess the best thing for Tyler Hero would be to be on Team USA, but, but the selecting feels like kind of the second best outcome for him, too, basically, right? Where it, that, you know. Yeah. Obviously, it's no secret that this is a pivotal offseason for him as well, and, and this is, it's hard to imagine him, you know, it, it not being productive for him. Yeah, he's, and I, I don't know what the timeline is for the select team, like, the guys that spoke yesterday made it seem like they're just there for the week. Um, I guess because they, the team will say start scrimmaging and exhibition games this weekend. So I don't know if like the select teams are just there for the week, like they practice against them and, and scrimmage against them leading up to those exhibition games. But Tyler was talking about just kind of how much he's looking forward to scrimmaging against the Olympic team. Just because, again, that's like something you can't top. Like of any offseason program, like that is um, – you're gonna be he's gonna be guarding like Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. He's gonna be going up against them, and he's like it's gonna be a measuring stick for him. Like he's gonna know where he's at and what he needs to get better at, and it's gonna be very clear. Um, and just being around those guys, playing those guys, you know, on you know that with that competition level, like in a scrimmage like that, um, where you know both teams are obviously gonna to want to win, um, and in in an off season where you usually don't get that type of competition is is good for Tyler. Um, he needs needs to play, I mean, and, and he needs to be around um, the top talent in the NBA, and he's going to be able to get that opportunity here 
during this training camp. So this is, again, it's good for Tyler. It's good for his development. Um, again, he's 21. Um, and I, I think having Spo there with him as well as his coach with select team is, is a benefit for him too, just because, you know, Spo knows his game better than almost everybody. Um, and he'll be able to, to help Tyler along the way. Yeah, definitely. Um, as for Spo, you also talked to him, I guess, ahead of time. What, uh, what were kind of your take up, takeaways from talking to him? This is obviously not like, uh, you know, he's pretty well established at this point. I don't yeah. know exactly what a coach gets out of it, but just what, what, what kind of stood out from talking to him about, uh, you know, coaching with the select team. It's weird to see, like, when the, when the Zoom camera turned on, it was so weird not to see Spone, like, red and black. He was wearing <laughs> Team USA, like, long sleeve shirt, red, white, and blue, obviously. And yeah. it just looks strange. Like, I'm just so used to seeing Spo like, in a heat shirt. That was my first takeaway. I was weirded out. Um, but secondly, yeah, I mean, he's looking at this as a learning experience for him. You know, Spo's a guy that every offseason he'll go to, like, I mean, he's got right. like Chip Kelly's, like, training camp uh, practice in Oregon in the offseason learned from Chip, like, when back in the day. Um, he's gone to uh, different basketball. I think he went to like Nova Southeastern's visit Nova Southeastern's basketball coach just to get some uh, tips on on his offense. I guess they run like a very prolific offense over there, and he's known and that coach is known for that. I think he went, a couple of years ago he did that. So Spo is known for like just visiting coaches, trying to learn different things. That's kind of his what he does in the off season. This is gonna be that for him. Like he's gonna be able to be in meetings with Pop and. And, you know, some of the brightest minds in the NBA and, and kind of pick their brains. And um, so I, I think Spo, again, will be also better for this. And he's going to do what he what he likes, which is just learn new new things. Spo's always trying to um, better himself and kind of learn uh, learn new perspectives on 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 basketball. Um, and this will give him the opportunity to do that. So and I also think, you know, Spo would admit it. We've we've asked him. We've pressed him on it. We've asked him like five different ways about just kind of is this is this the first step in becoming maybe the head coach of Team USA in a few years, and he won't say that that's what this is. Like he's just taking it day by day, and this is just a good experience for him. That's how he answers that question. But it's hard to just ignore the fact that it could be the natural step for him to take over Pop at some point. Like Pop hasn't said he's going to step down or this is his final Olympics or whatever, but it could be. And we know that if that happens, supposed to be one of the top top names or first names mentioned just because of his um, now his affiliation with the USA program and, and his, you know, how well, how well regarded he is in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, we will obviously talk a lot about the Olympics as we kind of move forward here. Um, we'll probably, I guess, well, I, I assume some of that select stuff we'll be able to see, right? They usually televise some of these scrimmages. Um, so we'll, we'll get a look at Tyler Hero maybe, and then obviously uh, Bam will, will be a topic of conversation um, pretty much all summer long for us. Um, the one other Olympic thing we should mention, though, is the Nigeria roster, which is like really the, like, you know, that, that's the Heat team, basically. They've got uh, three Heat players, uh Precious Achua, Casey Okpala, and Gabe Vincent, who I guess is technically a free agent coming up. But three guys who were um, pretty important contributors to the Heat last year on a Nigerian team that, you know, it's not going to beat the U.S., but but seems like it could maybe be like a medal contender in, in Tokyo. Um, it seems like it could be a really, in the same way that we always talk about the Olympic experience, 
as being um, really beneficial for uh, the American guys. You know, Precious and KZ are obviously kind of a level below Tyler and and certainly quite a few levels below Bam at this point. But um, it it feels like it could be maybe kind of an equivalent type experience. I know, like, the practices aren't competitive probably in the same way that the Team USA practices are. But um, obviously just just going to Tokyo is – and getting a chance to, you know, basically have another little – NBA mini you know, NBA type competitive level season, uh, you know, it can only I think do good things for for Precious and KZ who are another another couple of guys that, that have pivotal off seasons I think on the way maybe not to the same degree that that like Hero does but you know Precious taking a leap obviously would do a lot for the Heat next year and, and KZ is at the point where he's he's got to take a leap eventually or you know it's hard to envision him necessarily being in like the Heat's long term plans. Yeah, I think the question for Heat fans is, should you root for Nigeria over Team USA at this yeah. point? Like, there's so, there are three Heat guys on the roster. Um, and, you know, they haven't officially made the Olympic roster yet. Um, it's a 15-man roster, right? Well, they actually increased it to 16. They added a guy last night, like at oh, really? midnight. I saw on Twitter as I was going to bed, them tweet out, we actually, our roster is now 16. They added one more player. So it's 16 now. They have to cut down to 12. Well, uh, for the Olympics. So you would think they have a good chance just because, you know, they're NBA players. Um, but I guess we'll see. The, the the interesting thing is I do think all three of those guys, like you said, just need to play, right, right. and just play a lot of uh, competitive basketball, and this gives them the opportunity to do that. I mean, they've been, in pra- they've been practicing with Nigeria now for a few weeks or a week or so. Um, so that's all – that's good for them. But, you know, obviously you want – Especially Precious and KZ, who have never played in summer league, to be to have that experience, but you know, with the Heat, where they can work on specific things that Heat want them to work on, that will translate, you know, to the role they're going to play uh, with the Heat next season. Um, and they might not be able to play in summer league now because if they're in the Olympics, that it, it might conflict. You know, there's a chance that they could do the Olympics and summer league. Like if Nigeria yeah. doesn't make out a group play, I think group play ends August one, and Vegas Summer League starts August 8th. Yep. Yeah, so they could do both, but, I mean, it's it's a lot to ask. But, again, they just need to play basketball, and maybe maybe that's the best-case scenario for them where they get some a taste of the Olympics and, and that experience, and they also get to play um, a few games in Summer League and also get that, you know, experience. It's, it's kind of crazy that KZ entering his third season has, has yet to play a Summer League game, but um, just a weird few years for the NBA. Yeah, those guys are uh, all right. Because KZ, what two years ago had the thing where he got traded, so he couldn't yeah. play. So dumb. They, I, I don't know if they fixed that, but they got to fix that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it could be real. Like you know, that would be a positive, right? So either way, this team is going to make a medal run, probably. In which case, they're playing high level competitive games, or they're going to be done in group play. And um, you know, I, I have to imagine that Precious and KZ would be. You know, at least on the summer league roster, right. if it if it makes sense, and you know, I have to think they would get in a couple games or at least practice a little bit, and like you said, get get under the Heat's watch for a little bit. Um, so it can kind of be the best of both worlds, where I'm sure, you know, there's a chance that Precious, just looking at this roster, could be like the yeah, I don't know, could he be the third best guy on this team, something like that? But it's possible. I mean, there's a lot of guys kind of at his level, what Josh Kogi. Obviously, Jaleel Okafor is a veteran. 
Mie Oni is like an NBA player. Uh, Syracuse legend Michael Benajay. I don't know where he's playing now. Um, but, you know, there's a chance he's like the third or fourth best guy on this team and gets to like do a lot. And then obviously come to summer league, you're, you're kind of in a similar spot. But like you said, then you get under the heat. You know, whereas with Nigeria, I'm sure he's going to get to showcase a lot. Um, with the Heat, they'll kind of control a little bit more what he is working on. So it can kind of end up being, I think, the best of both worlds yeah. for him. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, like you said, I think that might be the best case scenario where he's able to do both, you know. Um, and obviously if they make a medal run and they go deep into the tournament and he's not able to play in summer league, like I said, that's good for him too. I mean, he probably won't yeah. be working on stuff that the Heat want him to, wants him to work on, but he's going to be playing high-level competition on a big stage. Um, and there's something to be said about that as well. Um, I also think, by the way, like Gabe, I think Gabe Vincent like will be a sneaky good national team player. I kind of agree with that, role. yeah. Just I mean, like, so Gabe Vincent, so you think about all these national teams, and obviously the U.S. is always loaded with NBA guys, duh. And then, yeah. you know, the really good teams kind of tend to have like one or two NBA guys, and then there's always like a few like guys who play in Europe who – um I don't want to say, like, our breakout stars of the Olympics, but, like, you watch him and you're like, oh, that guy looks like an NBA player. And like Gabe Vincent, I know he is an NBA player, but he feels like a guy who would be an awesome European player to me. Yeah. And, like, he feels like kind of the kind of, the guy who could uh, exceed expectations playing it for a national team because of that. Because he's a good ball handler and he's a good shooter, and those are, like, yeah. two of the most important things in international basketball. Think Patty Mills, Carlos Arroyo, that type. Like right, just, exactly. Like, like if Gabe Vincent was just playing in Europe right now and had never set foot in the NBA, he feels like a guy who would be who would show up for Nigeria, play really well, and, and maybe get an NBA contract out of it. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I guess this free agency, like, could he get a, you know, like I said, he's a free agent, probably right now, looking like a guy who could get a minimum deal or a two way deal. But could he play himself into a, a better deal yeah. in in the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I'm sure, on his mind. Like, this is, there's going to be NBA scouts there. They're going to be executive, you know, NBA executives watching. Um, so, yeah, this is his shot to really, like, I guess, be using probably a bigger role than he would have, obviously, with the Heat. Um, and if he's able to excel, yeah, I mean, he could earn himself uh, some money. You know, he's going to, like you said, he's going to be a free agent. And, you know, I, I, I think he wants to be back with the Heat. And I think that he would want him back. But, again, he's on a two-way contract last year. If he can get, a, if he get a, uh, I guess, an opportunity for an NBA contract, I'm sure he'll jump at that. I'm pretty excited for Olympic basketball. I know I said we're not going to like stick with it, like, talk too much about it this week, but I wish like Greece was in it. I guess they lost in their qualifier, their last qualifier. Obviously, did not have Giannis uh, or Kostas. I don't know if any of the Antetokounmpo brothers played. Obviously, Giannis and and Kostas didn't, but. Um, yeah. And like I wish he was in it. Um, oh, Amir Yurt. Amir Yurt was in it, but like, that was surprising. That was surprising. Canada lost. Well, their their best guy is Jamal Murray, right? So like they are missing their stud. I know they still have Andrew Wiggins, but like they have more depth than probably play? a lot of teams. But they're missing their like superstar. Did Kelly play? I, I don't that. think Kelly played. Dylan Brooks didn't play. Like they're missing quite a few of their. Uh, um, n- most notable guys. How awesome is Luca? Just to like go from the NBA playoffs. Yeah, that's pretty. Just leave I mean, get to qualify yeah. for the Olympics, the triple double. Oh, Shea Gilgeous Alexander also did not play for Canada, so they were oh. missing like most of their really good guys. But still, like I don't know, gotta get them to show up, right? Yeah, yeah, and they were hosting the qualifying tournament too, I think. Which, Nick Nurse uh, is their coach. Like, come on, you think 
whoever's running Canadian basketball, like, get it together. Get get, get your good players to show up. You guys should be like a top three or four country in the world in basketball already and and getting better. You got to start making the Olympics. Right. No, they they really, I mean, they really should be probably one of the top teams. Uh, if they had if they had their full roster available, yeah, which I mean, I know, obviously not having Jamal Murray yeah, like would kill them this year, but yeah. still, yeah. But so if you had Kelly and Shakers Alexander, um, they probably would have qualified. I'm guessing. R.J. Barrett, he's Canadian, didn't play. Yeah, yeah. I think his yeah, dad is the GM. Maybe is that right? I wouldn't be surprised. I think that I think I feel like I've heard that he's affiliated with the yeah, national. His dad is the general manager of Team Canada. Like, how is R.J. Barrett not playing? Yeah. Or was That's he weird. playing? Maybe he was playing. He was just, one. Okay. He was okay. It just so they yeah, they they, they probably should have qualified, honestly. Like they have ta- they have enough talent to at least qualify for the Olympics, but um yeah, I just was so I mean, they have multiple former first round picks. Yeah, exactly. And I I'm excited to I'm excited to watch Slovenia. That's that's what I, I want to see Slovenia play the US. I want to see Luka take on the entire US team. Yeah. Now there will be a fight in that game. And Goran's brother, Zoran. So Goran is not playing though, right? Goran is not playing, but his brother is Zoran. Who Zor- yeah. I mean, Zoran is probably one of the top players. Yeah. He legend Zoran Dragic. Yeah, and uh, also we should note that Omar Omir Yurtsevin will not be playing in the Olympics. Turkey was eliminated, um, okay. so, so he will so be. So we've got team. we've got six guys with Heat ties playing, right? Bam or playing slash coaching. Bam Spo, counting hero for the purposes of this. And then the three Nigerian guys. Is that right? I, I'm not missing anyone, right? Is Nemanja playing? That's a good question. No, sorry. Um, Serbia did not qualify. Serbia did not so qualify. Nemanja okay. is, is out. So we've got those six guys who have national team experiences coming or already currently happening. For which one of those six do you think this summer is most – this experience can be most important for? It's funny because he's not going to be in the Olympics most likely. But I think it's Tyler. Like, I agree. Like I just think this week of working against again the NBA's like some of the NBA's best players and it's that confidence boost that it's going to give him, even though he doesn't really. And need having Spo there, having Spo there, um, I, I think is going to be a bit important for him. So I would say him, and then I would say probably, probably Precious too, because if he gets to play in a bigger role, I think it's going to be uh, beneficial to him. To just kind of explore other areas of the game, and into that, to that, for that same reason, Bam. I, I think I asked Bam about this yesterday, but he didn't really want to get into it because he doesn't. He says he doesn't know his role with Team USA yet. But I have to think that he's going to be able to. Like he, he has such a specific role with the Heat um, of just like working on the high post, dribble handoff, dribble handoff, dribble handoff, and playing as a facilitator. Where I have to think their Team USA is going to use him a little differently, and he'll be able to explore other areas of his game. Like we know, Bam is a well-rounded player. Like, I think he has more to his game than he's showed with the Heat just because his role is, you know, he has a specific job with with the Heat. But um, I, I'm excited to see what he can do with Team USA and, and how they use him. Canada hasn't made the Olympics since 2000. What are you doing, Canada? Yeah, that's that <laughs> should not be the case. I mean, like, they are, they might have, I mean, what's the country with the second most NBA players in the NBA? It's got to be Canada. I would have to think, right? Spain, yeah, Spain probably was like for a little bit, but Spain maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably right. Play Canada, I'm thinking. So, 
I guess it anyway, all comes down we're, to participation. We're spending too much time yeah. insulting Canada, but they kind of deserve it right now. So I'm not insulting. I <laughs> think they're the they should thing. be they should be good. Like that's I think that's fair. They should be very they should qualify for the Olympics. Yeah, they gotta make it at least a couple times. Yeah, they, they had Steve Nash in this era and still couldn't make it. I know they weren't as good back then when Steve Nash was around, but now they have first round picks like every year. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you on Tyler Hero. Um, the Bam thing is, you know. Obviously, like, that's important. But to me, like, Bam is at the point where I kind of trust him to just get better every offseason with or without Team Canada or Team Team USA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but Tyler, I mean, it's no secret, obviously, that this is like a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal offseason for him. He, you know, it, obviously it, it, that he was not actually going to get traded for James Harden because the – the Rockets weren't going to get that. But this was a guy who, less than a year ago, was a guy who was the subject of those types of rumors. And, like, you know, now Damian Lillard is out there, and I don't think anyone necessarily takes, like, the heat necessarily seriously with, with Tyler Hero as the single asset, like the, the prized possession they can offer up. And, you know, he's got a lot to, to, to prove, basically, at this point, where he's seemed on a track toward, like, superstardom potentially, uh, like, eight months ago. And, and right now it's obviously trended back in the wrong direction. It happens. It's a sophomore slump, whatever. But, uh, yeah, this this summer is, is huge. And, and I think this, like, the Spo thing is really important with the select team because, um, you know, kind of what we were saying with, like, Precious and KZ, like, in part he gets just kind of the freedom to, like, to cook a little bit, I'm sure, in those scrimmages because – you know, he's going to be simulating some of these really good guards they're going to be facing probably in Europe, and they're going to just let him in chuck in a lot of ways, I'm sure. But uh, you also get Spo like, providing that heat-specific feedback. So um, I-, I think he is – he's kind of the obvious answer to me. And, and weirdly, I kind of think, like, Precious is, might be number two because yeah. the year two can go a lot of ways, right, where it's either a sophomore slump like Tyler Hero had or that year two leap. And uh, Precious – Obviously, if he takes, you know, there there were flashes last year of of this guy being an awesome NBA player, a guy who, uh, you know, maybe not all star potential, but certainly like starting NBA power forward potential. And um, this off season will, you know, your, your career isn't made or break made or broken in year two, but um, that that year two leap obviously uh, can go a long way, uh, and short term for the Heat too, just where. Um, trying to figure out what that roster is going to look like next year, trying to get back to contention, having Precious as either, either uh, not, probably not a starter, but like sixth man type guy, or having him as an asset, um, a, a trade asset, that's a huge part of um, what the Heat's outlook is going to look like next year. Yeah, and a couple other things on Tyler that I forgot to mention. He admitted like, he said, like, this, I think this summer is a huge summer for me. So he knows how important this yeah. summer is. And then he was asked kind of, like, what he wants to improve on this offseason. And the first thing he mentioned was just getting stronger. Um, like, just being – he's like, just just being able to come into more of an NBA body and really put some weight on, um, which I think is important. I think most people would say that's something he needs to get, you know, improve. Um, yeah, and so that's, that's hard to do during a season, right? It's yeah. hard to – most guys lose weight over the right. course of the season. And, and, and a 71-day offseason. You know, right. Yeah, he just had no time. He was probably lost a lot of weight in the bubble, just with like the number of games they were playing in a short period of time. Um, and then obviously you don't have 
time to bulk up in that in that little interim, and then you're right back into the season again. So he he hasn't really. I mean, I guess the like COVID break, he probably had time, but again, you weren't like in the team facilities, stuff like that. Everyone's kind of doing makeshift stuff. So yeah, huge 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 summer for him. Um, and I agree from that standpoint is like that's a spot where he's just is going to get better. Like that's just how it works. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good that he like he's he knows what he needs to work on. He's not afraid to admit it. You know, like that's the clear thing. Physically, he needs to get stronger. And he also mentioned it's becoming like a more obviously more efficient from three. He did. He was very disappointing and underwhelming from three from three uh, this year, um, which was kind of surprising. Um, and then also his decision making in the pick and roll he mentioned. So those three things I don't think anybody would argue against of like what he needs to improve on. Um, and it's good that he knows and he, he can really single them out um, in that way. All right, uh, let's wrap up with our weekly whale hunting segment uh, where we spotlight one whale or whale-like player uh, that could be a target for the Heat this summer. In honor of all of our basketball talk, this week's uh, giant scare quotes whale is <laughs> Kevin Love. Uh, who said yesterday at practice in Las Vegas that Bam Adebayo's jersey is one of the few he keeps in his locker. Uh, he likes Bam. He He's another guy who's having, I think, has a pivotal summer coming up after uh, basically being a non-existent NBA player for the last three years. Um, any, should the Heat have any interest in, in Kevin Love? It's interesting because I, I do think he would fit pretty well alongside Bam. I mean, he is like, like if you like the Kelly Olynyk Myers Leonard fit next to Bam, Kevin Love is. I don't want to say he's a better player than those guys because again, he's basically been non-existent for the last three years. But There's obviously, the potential to be. Yeah. he has the potential to be much better than those guys. Right, and I would say he's probably still a better rebounder than those guys. Yes, like he's a good rebounder. He could. He's known obviously as a you know pretty solid three-point shooter for his position. Um, last year, I think he was limited to like what twenty something games um, because of an injury or injuries. Um, so he really didn't get you know find a rhythm last year. Um, but I, I do think he he would complement Bam pretty well. So uh, he's interesting in that regard. But then you look at his contract of I think he has two years left at like sixty million dollars, pretty much. Um, that's tough to swallow. So. You know, there are pros to going after Kevin Love, but then you're also going to have to take on that contract. So I'm sure, you know, well, I know Colin Sexton's been a popular trade name around the NBA. Like, would Colin Sexton be involved in the deal to make it, you know, a little more enticing for the Heat? Would the Cavs even do that? I mean, do they want to trade Colin Sexton? I would think they would try not to trade him. He's a pretty good young player. Um, but, you know, that's something, I guess, to consider if 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 that does become a reality. Um, or, you know, there's also been some talk about maybe the Cavs trying to negotiate a buyout with Kevin Love and maybe the Heat find a way to get him that way where that would make sense to me. and the Heat sign him as a free agent. So he's definitely a name to keep an eye on because I don't know if he's going to stay in Cleveland much longer, you know, after everything that's gone on in the past few years. But uh, at the same time, I feel like everyone's been waiting for Cleveland to trade Kevin Love for the past five years and it has never happened. Um, so who knows at this point? How much are the Cavs rooting for Kevin Love to, like, look awesome in the Olympics? Yeah. Give him some value? Yeah, we were talking about Gabe Vincent, this being, like, a shot for him to earn money this offseason. Like, if Kevin Love balls out in these exhibitions and in the Olympics and looks like 
even close to the old Kevin Love. Like I, I'm pretty sure Cleveland would be pretty happy because there'll be teams looking to calling them, looking to see if they can, they can trade for him. So this is definitely an opportunity for Kevin Love to kind of show he's still an effective NBA player. Um, and if he wants out of Cleveland, he probably needs to play pretty well uh, in the next, over the next month. Yeah, or he can play really badly. He can, like, uh, tank himself, and maybe he'll get cut. Yeah, that's a good point. Or, yeah, final, we'll get a buyout from Cleveland and decide yeah, exactly. where he wants. There's already, there's already, I just saw a report this morning of, like, if Kevin Love gets bought out, Brooklyn, it would be Obviously. an appealing option. Like, and it's, like, so obvious, right? Like, every guy who gets bought out is going to Brooklyn. So, but, uh. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I think you really one of these buyout guys land with the Heat, right? I guess I mean obviously the big three. I don't remember what the buyout market was like during the big three era, but um, yeah, I mean we thought maybe Lamarcus Aldridge was going to wind up with the Heat. Obviously, yeah. he wound up with the Nets and then had his uh his medical issues that that forced him to retire abruptly. Um, but you know we we haven't actually seen one of those buyouts come to fruition. But I, I got to think Kevin Love, noted uh, beach volleyball enthusiast, you know. There's, there's beach volleyball somewhere in Miami. Yeah, a good amount, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I and he likes Bam, right? I mean, I know that was like that. Like, yeah, everyone crazy with on Twitter was quote like saying that he's somebody that I really admire, um, which is good. And I guess if you're gonna if you are gonna go to the Heat at some point, like you want to like your teammates, so I guess that's a positive. But everybody, calm down. That doesn't actually mean he's going to Miami. Like the Heat actually have to want to acquire him for that to happen. So right. um, it's a positive that he likes Bam and he appreciates his game, and I'm sure, you know, they'll become closer during this experience. Um, and maybe they'll learn how to play together during this experience. But we'll see if, you know, if that actually becomes a reality. Right now it's just a hypothetical. And I guess it is a possibility only because, you know, Kevin Love is going to be a popular name in, in trade talks this offseason up to the year just because of yeah. um, circumstances uh, with with Cleveland and his contract. So so we've done three of these whale segments so far. Yeah. We've done Ben Simmons. Uh, you guys did Damian Lillard last week without me, and we uh, did Kevin Love this week. And um, I think Damian Lillard is clearly number one on this list. But if you're the Heat, would you rather have Ben Simmons or Kevin Love? Ooh. <sighs> and obviously, like it depends, right? Right. It kind of, it kind of depends. Is does Kevin Love get bought out? Like then probably right. just because. You don't have to give up anything. Um, I don't know what – I have no idea. Like, I just have no idea what a Kevin Love trade would look like, so it's kind of hard to talk about it. But um, I don't know, just like knowing what it might take to acquire both guys, who would you rather have? Probably Ben Simmons, just because of the upside. Okay. Um, I just don't but, know if I'd want to give up for Simmons. And I think that's you, the thing. I mean, it again, it's, it all depends on what these trades are. And I think these are two of the uh, trade – chips who are out there that to me I just kind of have no idea what they're going to go for yeah Kevin I mean Love like because the Olympics I think are a big factor and, and a lot could change in the next month basically here um and, and Ben Simmons just because I don't know are they going to have to give stuff up or are guys going to have to give stuff up like it's, it's just hard really hard to know what his value looks like right now right and what other player might be included in the Kevin Love deal right. you know like that might make it a more appealing option I mean right. it's, yeah there's there's so many different variables I play with both that, but it, like just in a vacuum, I would probably just well, I would probably yeah. say just like just like I get one of these players, you'd probably take Ben Simmons. Yeah, he's younger, has more upside, has more potential. Um, very good defender. We you, everyone knows that. Like he's yeah. at least a, a plus defender. Um, and then you know he has stuff to work on, obviously. But um, 
yeah, I, I, in a vacuum, I would take Ben. But I could easily switch that answer based on, you know, 100 different variables that are, would be at play. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, got some Olympic coverage this week, right, with all those guys uh, with Team USA in Las Vegas. You're not out in Vegas, but no. uh, doing, doing providing some, some coverage still as they're out there. Um, I, I'm else? now a team. I'm now a team USA and Nigeria beat writer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where, they, they, are, they is there Nigeria media availability? Are you going to talk to some of those guys? It's a good question. I, they haven't had any yet. I probably should reach out to them and see. But yeah, um, I think you have to reach out to Mike Brown because as, as <laughs> we were talking about before we got on the air, it seems like he's like literally running the entire Nigerian basketball show. Yeah, I'm going to email Mike Brown right after this podcast <laughs> to see if uh, he can let me talk to Precious. Um, but it, it, Saturday night should be fun for Heat fans because Team USA and Nigeria will face off in an exhibition in Vegas. So they'll be uh, – Bam versus Precious. That's going to be the matchup, I'm sure, right? Yeah, probably. Bam versus Precious. You see some KZ, uh, probably definitely some Gabe. Um, so it's going to be I – might, I might do some takeaways from that game, to be honest yeah, with yeah. you, just because there will be so many Heat guys involved there. So um, that will be, that'll be a fun one for Heat fans. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Uh, not really working on anything too exciting these days. Uh, so just go to miamiherald.com and uh, we got uh, Dolphins on the horizon. We got Marlins going on. A bunch of drafts this month. MLB draft is this weekend. I think NHL draft is two weekends from now. And then the N- NBA draft is the last weekend in July, right? Yes, the final weekend in July. Heat don't have a pick, so it could be uneventful. But who knows? The Heat could easily get into it, so we'll see. Yes, so we got three drafts coming up in the next four weeks. So uh, it'll get busy here in a hurry. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening. Um, And we will talk to you guys next week. 